You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. That's a famous quote. I'm not quite sure who said it, but it's really, uh, really powerful, and it means a lot when it comes to life and in business. And my guest today, Keith Kepner with the Kepner Boxing Franchise, has seen his share of punches in business and in life, and I'm excited to talk to him. Keith, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. So, Keith, you have a pretty amazing journey into, um, you know, between growing up in boxing um, and just dealing with your own challenges and then also becoming this franchisor in yeah. the boxing world. So tell us a little bit about your background as a, as a kid growing up in the, in the boxing world. Yeah. So, so initially with my father being a professional boxing coach, but also a practic- practicing clinical psychologist until he retired in 1994, it was always in the background, but I was never that much into it. So my mom is an artist. My sister also got that art gene. I got that art gene. So that's what my real passion was, you know, drawing, painting, things like that. And I always had some physical ability. So I sparred maybe once or twice when I was maybe eight or nine years old. And uh, actually, I guess did pretty well from what my dad said, beat up two other kids in that, but uh, it just was not something I was into. And if anything, like he told me, you're going to have to play a sport and I wouldn't pick a sport, neither would my sister. And so he said, okay, if you're not going to uh, pick the sport, I'll pick it for you. And so he, he picked like kickboxing for us to get into because he didn't train kids. So anyway, uh, yeah. And, and I, I made up so many excuses and complained so much that he eventually just dropped the ball on it. So it wasn't until I got uh, sick with Lyme disease and needed to get my health back and, you know, really change my habits and my body and my life that I stepped into boxing again. Right. Right. What, what was going on in your head at that point? I mean, you, you're facing this, this condition and dealing with a lot physically and mentally as a kid, which is hard enough as a teenager yeah. or a kid just to deal with life in general at that point. Um, but what, what do you think triggered you to go into boxing and how do you think it helped you mentally deal with that stuff? Yeah, I think what triggered me initially is, you know, you're talking about when you're a teenager and, you know, you're kind of developing into hopefully being, you know, a young man. Uh, I, was, I was so, you know, like the classic, like 120 pound weakling thing, literally about, was about 125 pounds. And, you know, just um, I had, I had so much uh, fatigue and joint pain and everything else that I just got so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so I wanted to take control of my life. And I figured the, the field of diamonds was in my own backyard, which was with my father. And initially, uh, at that time, we're talking early 2000s, MMA was really blowing up. Um, we have a, a UFC champion, Forrest Griffin. He's from Athens, Georgia. So I saw his success and everything else. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll learn boxing from my father and then jump into that. But then I ended up falling in love with boxing. And uh, when you box, uh, you can't, or do any type of combat sport where you're going to be competing, you can't, uh, can't mess around. You can't, like at the time, you know, I was also like smoking cigarettes and everything else. And uh, doing a whole bunch of other things, almost like a self-medicating thing. And yep. you can't you, you can't do any of that stuff because it's going to show up. And uh, a pretty good motivation, I think, like Forrest said one time, is that uh, if someone's going to beat the hell out of you, it's pretty good motivation to train hard and not do those things. Right, 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 right. Well, what's it like? I mean, it's an interesting combination. You said your dad was a was a boxing trainer, but you said he was also a, was it a, a yeah, clinical psycho- psychologist, clinical psychologist, yeah. right? So. Man, that's an interesting combination because boxing really is mental and probably more mental than it is physical. How, how did that play out in, in what you learned from your dad and working with him on that? Yeah, well, it gave me a, a really well-rounded, I think, view because oftentimes when you view sports or something like boxing from only one lens, 
uh, you'll get a pretty unrealistic view of it. Uh, so it was really, I think, important to have that because, you know, his PhD is in neuroscience. And so he would always take into account, you know, caring for boxers he worked with and things like that and, and making sure he had their best interest at heart, which definitely stimulated uh, me as a coach and, and my approach to it. Um, now, of course, you know, he's a product of his generation in the sense that he comes from the era of, you know, the 50s and 60s and 70s when you know, boxing was a little bit more, uh, you know, they wouldn't stop fights as quickly as they do now and things like that. And so, you know, he couldn't help but kind of retain some of that. And, and frankly, I retained some of that until uh, maybe the past six or so years as a coach to really focus on maybe not. He focused on defense more than a lot of coaches, but really focus on like just, you know, getting up to date with uh, all the current science and everything. Right, right. So let's jump ahead. You know, you're 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 training yourself, um, and then you 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 come into a role where you're training, you know, professional boxers. Yeah. Um, and then moving into the world of franchising, can you talk to us about the transition there and how how that sort of evolved? Yeah, absolutely. So when I initially started coaching and uh, and also opened up my own location and facility, which was Kettner Boxing, uh, the goal was to make a, a world professional champion, which was the same goal of my father. Uh, but then quickly I realized that, you know, I'm uh, basically a high school dropout, so I don't have any other day job like most of these coaches do or whatnot or other sources of income. So right. I was like, okay, how, I'm going to have to make money with this. And so that's where I started looking at, okay, well, how can I expand it? And obviously, you know, the fitness aspect of it is uh, a pretty well-established market of it. So I started integrating that together with uh, the under the recommendation of who would be my future wife and who is then my business partner, Lissa, and who had managed a gym for a long time. And so, yeah, so I started we started compiling those two aspects together, but then always keeping in mind to not lose the essence and the soul and the, and the teachings and everything else of boxing and the real benefit of it. Cause I know a lot of individuals that have either managed, worked in or worked out at other types of fitness concepts where they're doing boxing training, but it's really just exercise wearing boxing gloves and they don't have a real, a real increase in confidence and obviously a real increase in skill and uh, it, it puts a ceiling on it. And then they end up, you know, they end up going off to do something else. So it's a beautiful way that it's kind of formulated itself together. And it's allowed me to uh, to practice my hobby, which is coaching competitors, uh, while also creating a beautiful career for myself and also a beautiful business for myself and other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting to think about, like, understanding you've got people that are everyday people that are just working that want to come in and and box. What is the benefit of just coming in? And learning boxing as someone who who's more of a hobbyist with it and not really looking to pursue any sort of career. Absolutely. Um, what are the benefits of somebody who's just, hey, you know what? I, I just feel like I got to get in shape, uh, maybe help myself mentally. Maybe I'm going through a difficult time and I just need a release. Absolutely. Well, what's the benefit with Kepner when it comes to that sort of thing? Yeah. Well, so I would say let's start mentally and go to the physical part. So the mental side is one is that in our current modern life, fortunately, we're not having to engage in some type of like hand-to-hand -hand type combat most of the time. So therefore, there's there's this kind of edge in a lot of people, and, and that edge leads to stress, leads to maybe counterproductive activities. Boxing is a great outlet for that. And of course, like you and I talked about before we start recording, uh, doing that, doing boxing in a safe and supportive way instead of some of the ways that it can be misused or mis misdone. Um, so there's that aspect uh, also as well you really get to know yourself. You get an absolute feeling of, as you know, from doing martial arts, humility, 
uh, in the good ways. You know, you start to know where you stand and know where you can go with it. Um, and also it truly, and done again, done in the right way leads you to respect other people more and respect yourself more. And then, and then embracing the idea of just challenge, right? You start to build that confidence in yourself only by putting challenges in front of yourself. And you, when you put challenges in front of yourself and, you know, you overcome those challenges, then that is what actually builds real confidence, not just, you know, affirmations or things like that. And then from a physical side, of course, and mental side, uh, the, the plight of the expert is something that we all need to watch out for. And that is where if you are always doing the same activity, whether it's physical or mental for your entire life, the amount of brain use that you have is diminished drastically. Uh, and individuals like that actually decrease uh, or experience a decline mentally sooner than others. And then also physically as well, you get overuse injuries, things like that. So it's really important to mix up what you do eventually and, and do something that's truly dynamic. So not something that's a fixed movement pattern, something that, you know, is a sport, right? It's a, it's quote functional movement, right? And it's, it's like done in an actual uh, form that the human body moves in and, and also in a wide variety of ways. And what's cool too, is you get to learn stuff too. So instead of just you know, running, running, or, you know, something monotonous, you're actually engaged in a mental activity that's challenging you in both the mental and the physical. Right. Right. Do you feel like boxing? I mean, I think boxing or any sort of training like this helps with everyday just stresses because, you know, I think if you can get into the ring, take a few punches to the face, um, you know, everything else, every other stress in life, you know, doesn't, seem to hurt as bad do you feel like maybe you're developing a resiliency through boxing mentally and physically does that do you think that helps did it help you at all like growing up with it yeah no it definitely definitely helped me out um it helped at least fortify that right so if it didn't develop it it helped uh solidify it and for my father you know he has a very specific situation that he had in his life where uh boxing was really the catalyst that helped him be able to do exactly what you're saying, Ryan, which is contrast the the pain and the suffering of competing in boxing with the pain and suffering that he would experience in trying to obtain his goals. And so he was, you know, raised in a family where it was loving, but they had low expectations for him. And it was viewed uh, from what he was told that his brother was a smart one. He was a dumb one. And boxing uh, as, a, as a young man in his teenage years gave him the confidence to actually pursue going to college and getting a PhD in neuroscience. And it really helped him learn that fortitude because I remember a story he told me about in one of his fights uh, in Chicago where he got knocked down and I think it was the first round he got knocked down in and uh, his father who, you know, loved him, but had low expectations for him uh, motioned to him from sitting outside the ring, stay down, Donnie, stay down. And he thought, stay down and be like you the rest of my life. And that's where he made one of those decisions, which, you know, changed the course of the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because I was actually just last night, I was watching um, the Mike Tyson uh, Hulu um, show. And mm -hmm. it's funny how these, he, he was kind of a troubled youth and he had a lot of, you know, a lot of problems with crime and drugs and things like that. But um, he turned all of that into something positive, which became boxing. Um, yeah. And I think those times when you're, you know, when you're, when you're down and out and you have to figure, figure out a way to dig out of that, that that trench um you know i think this kind of art uh, is powerful for people that yeah. are suffering with people that are telling them they can't do it they, they're not strong enough they're, they're they're too weak they're coward you know those could be a driving force to uh to become something bigger and i think boxing is the channel for that don't you think and i think it kind of like in with tyson's case i think it 
it did that for him. It evolved him into being the successful boxer uh, and yeah. person in general. So even though those negative things are there, do you think they're they're, they're kind of a catalyst for, for what you could be, right? Yeah. And one thing like my father would always say is that boxing has reformed many criminals. It's never made a criminal. Um, and then of course there are some that, some that it have, it hasn't done that for, um, one thing to use the Mike Tyson story, uh, is that like, to your point, Ryan, you're absolutely correct that his life is probably by almost every metric in a better place than it would be if he hadn't to start boxing. Right. One thing though, is I actually use Mike as an example sometimes of what we don't want to do, at least in our system and as coaches and for myself as a coach. And that is that, you know, don't get me wrong, there were a lot of benefits and things that he was taught, uh, you know, mentally and philosophically that were beneficial. But the the challenge comes with sports is you get other incentives that are outside of the incentive of helping someone be the best human being they can be. And it's important to never lose that sight. And I've seen many coaches lose that. I have at time from time to time in the past in my short time coaching, but it's important to always remember what type of person are you building and are you building an effective athlete or are you building an effective person? Or it's like I told one of our uh, boxers who's only 16 years old, who's doing well, but I told him, you know, you need to develop the character traits that will help you succeed in all forms of life, not just boxing. If the goal simply beco becomes to be an amateur champion or even a professional champion, and that is everything you build your life around, you're going to be missing out on a whole lot of other skills that are going to still be assisting in that course if you, you know, succeed in that course. But you're going to end up at the end of your life of boxing ill-equipped. And I see far too many individuals come from boxing. You know, obviously the, the champions are the minority. So the majority, but even the champions, but the majority uh, come out from boxing sometimes worse, sometimes worse off because yeah. their, their training uh, methods have been more damaging than helpful long-term. Uh, maybe also, again, they've been almost coddled, right? They've been coddled. Things have been done for them. The coach has enabled them has yeah. uh, been their 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 daddy and yeah. uh, not helped them learn how to actually be a man. So sure, they're an animal in the sense of they can take you out, but they haven't maybe a lot of them learned all the really important things that you need to learn to be a successful human. Right, the life skills. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. I think that 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 is attributed to boxing and martial arts and any, any sort of um, professional sport like that. Um, Let's talk about the franchise because you know you yeah. started this franchise and it's an exciting concept. It's a new concept. Um, tell us about what people can look forward to should they have interest in owning a, a Kepner boxing yeah. gym. Yeah. So where we stand, a little bit unique, you know, five ten percent different in the marketplace, yeah. is that instead of just simply being a place where you know you exercise with boxing style training, we're an actual. Uh, we have an actual curriculum that is a, a, a learning-based modality, which progressively uh, walks you through all the different skills of boxing. And we have different themes, for instance, of every week, head movement, footwork, combination punching, counter punching, things of that nature. And it really helps you. The majority of our clients obviously don't fight, right? It's literally less than 3% probably. And, uh, but it allows you to get that quality of training. And again, like I mentioned, learn those actual skills and, and also develop some of that discipline, some of that humility, and also along the way, develop some of that confidence while also really, you know, boxing and really just frankly, all combat athletes, but I'll just say boxing for the sake of this, that are the best conditioned athletes in the world, uh, because of the variety of different 
exercise systems or energy systems you have to use. You know, you have to be explosive and be powerful, but you also have to do that over the long haul. <laughs> so it's yeah. a beautiful combination of uh, anaerobic and aerobic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you get to help people in a deeper way than just losing 20 pounds. And yeah. what's beautiful about the way that we do it, we're really proud of like the location. I actually own two locations that I'm not in at all, completely staffed out and everyone in there started with us with no experience. And so we didn't have to hire people with boxing experience because they learned our, they went through our coach university, they teach our curriculum and we have everything that's basically turnkey for franchise partners. Right. Right. Um, any particular stories about, um, you know, people you've worked with or clients you've had and like what they've benefited from the franchise and just going through the the program? Yeah. Well, yeah, quite a, quite a bit. Um, I would say on the coaching side though, uh, we've had, you know, many, many coaches on our team go from, you know, not knowing anything about boxing to literally being within six months, somebody that a competitive boxer would ask for advice and to have them work with them uh, oh, wow. on the actual business side. Uh, <clears throat> initially, the reason, Ryan, that we got into franchising is because I was consulting with so many gym owners and helping them with their business uh, increase, whether it's operation efficiency, increase their marketing, maybe their sales or things of that nature, because uh, it's so important to have those tools because so many people, including myself, start a business with the idea of I'm just going to be the operator or the uh, the technician. And I'm and the more excellent I become as a technician, the better my business will be. And that's not the case. You right. need all of the other foundational structures. And so we've had a lot of success with helping people, frankly, create great results with the smallest adjustments. Yeah. That's great. Like what, give us an example of what that adjustment would be just like oh. in technology or sales or. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There we go. Let me, let me give you an example. Um, well, okay. Yeah. Frankly, let's, let's use sales yeah. as, as obvious as it sounds with sales, but simply, simply having some type of closing phrase, right? Mm -hmm. So like an option close or something like that, Sim simply something like that. So huge. Or yeah. in terms of uh, getting someone to walk in your door. Uh, getting a lead to to respond, hitting them in sixty seconds or less. Yeah. If you're simply focused on that speed to the lead, you're gonna yeah. outdo your competition, and right. uh, and then also as well formulating your memberships in a way that helps incentivize someone to make an easy decision. So you know, really quick, not to dive too much into it, but yeah. uh, too often, especially people without a lot of experience, but even people with a lot of experience sometimes will do this, where they will start reading you off the menu, right? Right. And it's like, goodness, man, you, you need to be a consult consultative seller. Just simply, yeah. you know, find out how many times they want to train, what they're looking to gain. Yeah. And from that, say, hey, this is the best fit. And then from yeah. there, if there's a price objection, then you need to have some ways to overcome that or some different uh, segments to break that price into. But outside of that, that's how you need to do it. But too often, right? I'm sure you've seen this as well, perhaps, where they'll just like run through the list of memberships and there's just way too much information and it's no bueno. Yeah, yeah. If you're talking to the your ideal sort of franchise owner, or their background, and for the people listening, what um, what are you looking for? I mean, could it be could it be really anybody, or do you feel like maybe people that come from more of the fitness, the training background, maybe even a boxing background or a martial arts background, do you feel like those are tend to be a, a better fit as for a franchise owner than someone who does does not have that experience? Great question. Yeah. So, you know, we're only at about half a dozen franchise partners. So our data set's a little small. 
Um, what we are seeing though is people with some military background is excellent because you know they obviously love uh, just having a game plan and following that game plan. Right. I would say also people from a little bit of martial arts background or training are excellent as well for similar reasons. Right. Uh, unfortunately, more often than not, to my to my brothers in boxing, uh, sometimes that's not going to be a good fit because they they're like a cook and they have a certain way they cook their recipe and that's yeah. fine. But you know, it's like I tell people: if you're an Italian chef, you don't need to buy an Olive Garden, right? right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So because <laughs> you're not you're not buying the recipes, you're buying the system and everything else, and you need to run it. Uh, and then, and then also we've just had a lot of success with people that simply come that have the right character traits, right? They, again, kind of share the same values that we look to instill in clients, which is, you know, personal growth, uh, looking to benefit themselves while they benefit their community. Uh, and then also know the value of having really a coach and a mentor with you in your business endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So a couple of, a couple of questions I like to ask people kind of diving in a little bit more. Um, yeah. Let's say we go back in time and you meet your 17 year old self. Well, knowing what you know now, what you've been through now, what would you tell yourself back then? Oh, well now I got to get metaphysical here and uh, I might say <laughs> nothing because of the butterfly effect, right? I don't get too personal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, stay the course. And, and one thing as well is that, uh, I was very much motivated by, by a dark side, by anger, by things yeah. like that. And I, it honestly, you know, it gave me an edge, I think. Right. Uh, and yeah. And, and, and one thing, Oh, here we go. This would probably be the biggest thing that I would, cause this is what I end up reminding a lot of young guys and gals of is that, you know, I think, I think I stole this from Tony Robbins, but, uh, you know, we tend to overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in five years or a decade. Mm -hmm. So when I was 17 compared to when I was 27, world of difference, yeah. uh, tw 27 to now I'm 35 world yeah. of difference. Right. And, uh, so don't underestimate what you can do in five to 10 years. Yeah. One, one last question too. I mean, and you, you've got an interesting history with your dad. Like what, what do you think are, what, what do you think the biggest thing is you've learned from him? And it sounds like you've learned a lot. Yeah. Um, what do you think you took away the most from your dad? Hmm. I would say, I would say really to know how to, to know how to really care for people uh, yeah. as a, in the coaching world, let's say the biggest thing I took away from him was, was to how to really care about your people and about, yeah. about your boxers, because, you know, even though, you know, we all make mistakes, he was always coming from that place of integrity and uh and caring and yeah. then uh funny enough in in the more personal realm but it also applies to business something he taught me it's a very important skill that i do see people struggle with specifically in positions of leadership is it sounds funny it sounds bad but being able to cut people off being yeah. able to draw a line in the sand and you know realize that love for somebody is only special because it's exclusive right. and if you love everyone, then all of a sudden, well, now that's not love, <laughs> you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You treat everyone excellent and everything else, but knowing how to uh, step away from relationships or situations that aren't working and, and burn the bridges and, and step away from that is yeah. so important for growth and for someone as a business owner, as a leader, as a father, as a mother, all of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to realize that there's toxicity and, and cutting that toxicity out so that you can lead a better life and spend it with the people that are valuable to you 
and you to them, I think. So that's, that's yeah. right. That's awesome. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, where, so this is, I mean, this sounds like a great franchise concept. Where can people, um, reach you or find you? I know you have your website. Um, and what's the best way to get the process started? Yeah. Best thing would be probably submit your information on the website under franchising. Um, how that process goes is we'll send you some information, a couple videos, review that, and then, you know, we'll book a call and talk about, you know, what your interests might be, what your background is and, and get to know each other a little bit because, you know, as you know, Ryan, being in franchising, but for people that don't know this, it's, it's really a relationship business. Um, it's not, it's really not transactional, which is what I love about it so much because people that are getting into this more often than not, they're looking for a life change, a career change, looking yeah. to really make a big dramatic impact in their own lives and other people. So it's, uh, it needs to be done thoughtfully and, and, uh, in the right way. Uh, yeah. that's one way. And then also we are, we're pretty vigorous on our, our marketing. So if you're in a state that we're looking to expand in, which is quite a few states, but definitely throughout the Sun Belt area, uh, you'll probably see our ads. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. So it's Kapner Boxing and Fitness established in 2013. Next year, you're coming up on your 10-year anniversary. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, if you are interested in talking to Keith or anybody on the team about franchise ownership, go to the website, fill out the form, get the information, get the process rolling. I think you guys are going to be blowing up in the next few years. So but thank I you, look Ryan. forward to seeing you there. And uh, thanks again, Keith. Have a great day. Thank you, brother. Did you enjoy this episode? I hope so. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Ryan says thanks. Your support is appreciated. And hey, even if you don't buy me a coffee, I'm happy to have you listening. So keep it up and thanks again.